Welcome to the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. My name is Brandon Jewell, and right next to me I have my friend Brandon Green. Why do you have me? Why don't I have you? Because I started the podcast, so it's sort of like ex facto. My name's first, obviously. No. If we're going alphabetically. Yeah, but if we're going by penis size, then... Still. We're back for the 59th time. Been a few weeks. Yeah. And that means we've got some stuff to cover. Yeah, there's been a lot of movie news that has come up in, over the past few weeks, and actually just a lot over the past week that yes. we want to just touch on. We won't go into too uh, Seems too like much detail. There. A lot coming out now that uh, right as the time of this recording, we're in the thick of the San Diego Comic Con. So yes, some well, news has yeah. definitely come out there too that we'll be discussing. And then we're going to do kind of a spoiler review. You've had enough time to check it out by now of the latest Marvel offering, Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to talk about. But before we get into all the movie news and our topic of the week, which is the Ant-Man and the Wasp review, we do need to thank the people who make this podcast possible, our fake sponsors. What's that sound? It's K-Lit. K-Lit. America, say hello to the sound of pleasure. It's the all-new K-Lit. K-Lit. And we're about to transmit some smooth, soft, silky tunes into your ear holes. You've got your finger on the pulse of our very own K-L-I-T. K-L-I-T. And to all you ladies out there, don't worry. Your man should have no problem finding K-L-I-T. There's only one button we want you touching, and that's the number one preset on your car stereo making us your first choice for music that gets your blood pumping. After just one listen to K-Lit, you'll be saying, I'm gonna come back for more. We play all the tunes that tickle your fancy. So keep a light touch on that dial, cause we know you're feeling it, and we're feeling it too, right here on K-Lit. What a lip-smacking good station they have. Are you turned on right now? I, I am, and I don't know why. I would need to get up from my seat, then inspect it, and then I'll <laughs> you let you know. can't just tell? I can't just tell, no. no I, need, I need a physical trace. Oh, do you want me to look? Eventually, yes. Okay. When we're done. Also, we want to let you know, this is something that's probably affecting a lot of Americans, just a lot of people in general, gout. Yeah. It, it it's sucks. It's a serious condition. So we want to tell you about a comedy show. It's kind of a a fundraising effort in which 100% of the profits benefit people who suffer from gout. Okay. Very painful injury. Uh, It's called You Gout to Be Kidding Me. And they're touring all around. Check them out for a show near you. They're on a mission to end gout, and they're not taking no for an answer. Would you say they're putting their foot down? Yes, but in a way that... Doesn't hurt. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what they're doing. Besides, everybody knows that laughter is the best medicine. Well, actually, actually, uh, uric acid supplements are the best medicine for gout. Okay, that being the case, Mm -hmm. how much is uric acid? It's about forty-five bucks per little bottle. See, this show is only fifteen bucks, so twenty-five dollars savings and one hundred percent spirits lifted. Besides, comedy doesn't have side effects. I don't know uric acid. Well, unless it's knee slapping. Ooh, that's a good point. Then the side effect is your knee hurts at the end. Better that than your foot, I suppose. I guess. Anyways, you can't beat the price for this laughter-based medicine. Please support You Gout to Be Kidding Me 
by visiting their website and checking out tickets when your show comes around. It's at getgoutthefuckout.com. So, guys, let's laugh through the pain together. together. You got it. Yeah, we almost said together. We together. almost together together. Yeah. T- let's get on with the show. All righty. If you're on the internet, we're not breaking news by now, but here's our take on it. A cautionary tale, even six, eight years ago, be careful what you post social media because there are hawks out there that will snipe you and discredit you, as now, unfortunately, has been the case with James Gunn. Uh, He has been removed from directing and having any association now with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah, he was was a big thing for Disney. I mean... Guardians 1 and 2 were incredibly successful, and and he had some real big plans for Guardians 3, and everybody was super on board, but I guess some conservative conservative news stations somehow stumbled across these and and released them. And of course, Disney sees that, and we're kind of in a time right now where it's like, even if, no matter what your standing is right now, dude, it's like, you that's going to haunt you and for the rest of your of life. The past will and, come to bear for sure. And Disney and well, and anything in the media specifically, but let alone culture, it's like nobody's going to let that go anymore. Yeah. And James Gunn addressed it and he just basically said this was, you know, a uh, kind of a, a thing from the past. And at the time I was in for a little more shock value mm-hmm. and I don't stand by this, but I can't take it back. So I accept basically What's been dealt out and what's been dealt out is he's no longer going to be doing this movie. And I don't know if this disqualifies him for future considerations either. I imagine with time... With Disney altogether, I'm sure. Yeah. With time, maybe there's going to be enough healing people forget. But in the right now, and just this super sensitive awareness movement we are in as a cultural society, something like that's hard to just yeah be associated with. Yeah, his tweets were, you know, the specific ones that are raising the alarms are about pedophilia and rape and and Stuff you know he I'm said sure. he was going for shock value and he realizes he says he realizes that that was stupid and and he regrets it but you know you, you can't take out a tweet from your life it, once it's out there it's it's out there and so one of the reasons I really don't have a personal Twitter right so that you can Cause when say I, all the famous, jokes about yeah, pedophilia want... and rape but then you can just deny it later when you run for president exactly yeah nobody has proof. It's got to be weird for his brother now, because you know his brother is—I forget the character's name—but he's been in—he's in the—he's the new Yondu, yeah. basically. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. I totally—I forget I forgot about his that. name, uh, but he's a gun brother. I mean, this doesn't fall back on him though. So no, and it shouldn't. I'm but assuming it must be that just Disney's a little awkward for him now. Like, and James Gunn is not going to be like, "Oh, brother, come with me." It's like, no, that's not going to happen. He's going to say, "You stay in that," because I mean, James Gunn has said out in the public, said, "I, I." totally take responsibility for what I said and I don't blame Disney for what they did. No. Which makes you kind of almost think, man, I feel bad because it sounds like he might be a good guy now and he was just kind of making some poor choices back then, but I don't know. Um, But some of the actors in the film have have come out and said that they don't agree with this decision, like Dave Dave Bautista specifically. Why is he Bautista? I call him Dave Bautista. Oh, Dave Bautista. Well, if you don't like him, you boo Oh, yeah. Batista. But like, if you like him, you think he has a nice butt. Like so Mr. Burns? Batista. Are they saying Burns or Boo Burns? No, they're saying Boo Burns. <laughs> Remember that episode? <laughs> no. Sidetrack. Sorry. Simpsons is a great show. Yeah. And I, I can understand that, but it's not going to change things. Oh, no. I mean, Disney made their decision. and He's gone. So we don't know who's going to step in that role now as director. 
it's it's kind of scary to think about. Okay, well, James Gunn has basically created this an was definitely almost like his property as far yeah. as by the time the characters went from the page to the film. Yeah, and so how are you going to get somebody to really step in that role and be able to carry that mantle? Yeah, and you know when you're casting uh, for for parts and for roles, you you audition. Do you do you audition a director? Like or do no, you just... it's all about. Well, I mean, in a way, you you get a director who uh, says, "This is my idea. This is my style." Or a lot of times, the you know Disney will find somebody and specifically say, "We want you to direct this because you've got the know how. We've seen your other movies. We like what you do, but you're going to do it exactly the way we want you to do it." Kind of like what Ron Howard did mm. for for Star Wars. Yeah. He stepped in and he was just kind of like. A yes man. I mean, nothing against Ron Howard, but no. he didn't have any creative control really into what he did. Yeah, it he was just, just he just managed what he was given. It was it was a management role. That's really kind of what it was because the directing was already set in as far as like the style, you know. And that's probably what this is going to be. I would agree. So moving on to cautionary tale. Yeah, yeah, cautionary tale. Delete your tweets now before anybody can snapshot them. I wonder if anyone's gonna ever go back. You know, when we get famous and be like, "Oh, these guys are messed up" because we've made some bad jokes over the t- time, like cocks for kids and stuff like that. I wonder yeah. if that'll ever come back to haunt us. I'm sure it will. Yeah, yeah. But in context, we said chickens. Yeah, read it the was bylines. All about chickens. Yeah, when you're talking about giving. Trees giving children blowjobs. There's no real bylines or anything like that. Can't <laughs> well, really. well, now you just said giving children blowjobs. So that's the... I'm quoting somebody. That's what's going to be pulled out as oh, far wait, as... A, I'm a, getting a call. <laughs> I've been removed. Oh, no, I can't be president. Honestly, with the way today's politics are, um, that only helps you become You're president, weird. Oddly apparently. Enough, yeah. That's two references to Trump. Do you have something on your mind? Trump is always on my mind. Oh, cool. Unfortunately, I can see your hate boner rising. Yeah. <laughs> can we move on? Yeah. Speaking of a hate boner, um, did you know they're making a Top Gun too? If I had to estimate, I've been hearing about this or rumors this or this report this for like four or five years. So it's like, cool. When is it going to happen? Well, apparently it's happening or starting production like this summer. So I guess Jennifer Conley though, was I have no interest. Just uh, put into the role or into the film. Um, but it has Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer back as their original. I think parts. Tom Cruise is a living Benjamin Button. Dude, he doesn't. He looks the same. It's crazy. Yeah. Val Kilmer, on the other hand, he's not well right he's now. He's not doing very well. For those who don't know, Val Kilmer has cancer, and if you were to look at an interview with him that happened earlier this year, you'll see that he's not doing very well. His spirits are high. And his attitude is great, but he doesn't sound the same. He doesn't look the same. And so I'm wondering what his return of that character is going to be like. It can't... Like in a hologram? Well, I don't I don't know. I mean, they can't even use his voice because his voice doesn't even sound the same. I, I don't know what kind of cancer he has. It might be around the you know throat or mouth cancer. Uh-huh. Maybe that's what's changing that. Um, I don't know. And, and, and honestly, it's not really my business, but it does make me wonder how they're going to integrate him into Top Gun 2 when he's not well and he's not the same person that he was, unless that's a part of his character. Maybe. Maybe they'll integrate that when real life has to imitate art, or art has to imitate real life, I should say. Right. Um, Much like they're going to have to write off Princess Leia in Episode 9, and how are they going to do that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I... 
all that aside, these are nice things to ponder. I just don't care. Top Gun to me is like one of those movies. I was just like, yeah, it, it was cool. But I remember the music more than I do the movie and the volleyball scene and the butt slaps more than I do. And then uh, Goose dying because of the failed ejection from yeah. the jet. I really don't remember other much than that. And then, you know, take my breath away. But that's, again, I remember the music of Top Gun more than I do the film itself. And I'm just like, who cares really yeah. that much? How many years later is I it going to be? I mean, some like people 30 really... 30 some odd years it's later? It's been 30 years, yeah. So some people really like this film. I'm I'm kind of along the same lines with you. I think it's a good film, but I, I feel like it has more of a long-lasting stay in people's minds than it kind of deserves. It's never going to be as good the second time around, especially when it's something so culturally cherished and celebrated and, you know, you can quote movie lines back to each other, but when does it ever work out for the sequel? How many years later? Like, I know. Uh, there's so many movies I can think of, but just like one that's going to end up almost running a long uh, span between original and sequel, for instance, um, Wall Street. The original one, Gordon Gecko, mm-hmm. Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. You remember Wall Street Two, Money Talks, or whatever it was called, came no, out. No, I don't. And that's and with the point. Shia LaBeouf. And yeah, no one's gonna care. Like you know, they can be like, yeah, it's gonna be so cool. And then so like, oh, it's better just as a memory. Well, I'm wondering. I I almost wonder why they went with let's c- continue the story where where Wouldn't Tom Cruise is still Maverick. Now? Well, I'm sh- I'm sure, or he's a he's a kind of a top level you know, in the Air Force or something. Sure. So There might be a young, new, hot upstart or something it, it, like that. It could be something along the lines of Maverick is training a new pilot, right? The same way that you look at Creed, right? Where where Rocky is training, a, you know, the new up-and-comer. And I could totally see that being the case here. But, you know, um, then again, if they were to create a brand new reboot, nobody would go see it. Because, I mean, look at all of the other brand new reboots that have come out. Dirty that are, Dancing, Footloose, all these and they're, and they just 80s flop, movies. Every that, one yeah, of them. They just so, fall completely so actually flat. maybe maybe they <laughs> maybe they're on to the right track here. I just I'm with you. I don't really care. Too many intangibles here. Yeah. And take this for what it's worth. I mean, we'll see it once it's uh it's on our Netflix queue and available to stream. But supposedly Netflix acquired the rights to Carmen San Diego. Who did they acquire it from? Like KQED? Like I don't know who <laughs> actually the last time I, I saw or heard that. of Carmen Sandiego, I remember playing some software, like, you know, those Ooh, educational old games. old school software. Love that. I actually really like it, and it came with the, like, the Almanac. Yeah. Most people, some people, whatever the case may be, will remember the game show. Yeah. Yeah. I with Do It Rockapella. Don't think I really watched that, though. Uh, I, I was into it. I was a total dork. And then the was? kids were all called Gumshoes, and then the winner gets promoted yep. to Sleuth, and then you, if you find her at the end, you win, like, a $500 geography gift certificate or something name like that <laughs> geography gift certificate what does know. that mean i don't know <laughs> you have to spend cool. it on... how, how much is that mountain five hundred dollars perfect i'm gonna use my five hundred dollar <laughs> geography gift certificate yep <laughs> i don't know what the hell it was but it was never like you know a straight up prize because kids can't just get cash that's yeah yeah uh but it was fun so what's the context going to be here? I imagine it being yeah. anime. Oh, and I remember the animated series too. Yeah, the, uh, uh, that, the that was actually was pretty, pretty good. Dope. So apparently on this one, they have a, a new live action movie that they want to make. Oh, um, the talks are that it might be translated into a movie. Because Netflix yeah. is super so, well, into their movies right They're doing a now. whole new brand media universe apparently. So they've got a live action film and they've hired on the screenwriter for Game Night, Mark Perez. I did see that movie earlier this year with Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. I think you said it was pretty funny, right? It was, a, it was pretty decent. Which makes me kind of go, is that really the right guy to do what would be a children's 
movie slash series. Let I don't know. show you his versatility. All right. But they've got the live action film, an animated series, and they want to do a line of books, which is weird for Netflix to go, yeah, let's do a line of books. Why not? But I don't know. I think I think that's kind of harkens back to both our childhoods. So I'm happy to see something like that. But I could definitely see like a new generation totally coming to yeah to interact with a a cool property like Carmen Sandiego and yeah with she's hot and they don't really have a a children's geography media franchise right now. Like I I can't think of what's out there. A children's geography media franchise. I've been wanting one of those. Well, I know that sounds silly, but I mean, look at Dora the Explorer. Who she is specifically a bilingual. Like that's what she is, right? She's there to teach. Dude, it's funny you mention that. I was just at a a rally last week for better CGMFs. I'm like, what do we want? Children's geography media franchises. When do we want it? (laughs) Right now. What latitude and longitude do we want it at? (laughs) Seventy-eight degrees. (laughs) We're like right here. Uh, I'm sorry, but just the way you obviously you didn't think of that ahead of time. But children's geography media franchise that could be like a fake sponsor. It's it's a it's a it is it's a thing. Like it's a it's a niche. That's a like, title. You can have a children's franchise that has a specific focus, and this one's geography focus. And so, what's nice is that the children can be educated while being entertained. Cool about geography. So make sure you tweet us your favorite children's geography media <laughs> franchise at random fandom WBB. I hope somebody does tweet us and be like, dude, you guys totally forgot about this what big, about this huge, one? major one. The best in East Asia. I'm like, ah, damn it. Ah, we darn. So here's another story. Tell us. Actually, this is sort of a two-parter. Joaquin Phoenix is going to star as the new Joker. I want him to be in a show called Joaquin Dead in which he just plays all the Joaquin <laughs> Dead characters. I think that would be that would awesome. be so much better than the Walking He's Dead. He's got as it a is. lot of versatility. He's and got the I range. Think he could. I he think he could play them all. God damn it! Why doesn't he do that? So this one. So uh, what's this about? So this is a going to be like an '80s period piece Joker origin story. Is it now? Martin Scorsese is producing it, which I think we've talked about on like back when this was originally announced. Martin Scorsese is going to produce s- it. Remember something? And to about me, I'm that. like, there's not much Martin Scorsese puts his name on mm-hmm. without you know, without it being at least pretty good and have a, a specific style. Yeah. Kind of like a weird uh, style of a gangster film that like he a, always a, does. A crime drama, like a crime Yeah, every, yeah. Drama. I'm trying to remember yeah. the, there's a word there. <laughs> kind of like a crime drama? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now here's what's weird though to me. Todd Phillips, who's the Hangover director, is going to be directing this. Well, and so Joker I'm like, okay. He's a, a wacky, humorous dude. I guess dark humor as it I, may be. I'm wondering if they are going to put humor into this. Wait, did the same guy do Hangover two and three? Because no one remembers those. So I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. I, we could look it up on IMDb, but, but yeah, yeah. I'm I'm is this happy any... about this because oh, I yeah. think we both agree that the last Jer- Jared Leto Joker was so let's pretty put it this shit. Way. Put it this way: won't be better than Heath Ledger. Can't be as bad as Jared Leto. <laughs> if it's yeah. somewhere in between, then then great. should make it at least watchable. Great. Yeah, I agree. You know, not to jump topic too much, but staying on the DC tip, have you seen the previews for Titans, the new TV show? It's not yeah. Teen Titans. What the hell is that? Fuck Batman! <laughs> like, really? Are we that? Oh wait, like, did he say that? Wait, I- yeah. They, they, there's a Red Band trailer. She's like, "Where's Batman?" He's like, "Fuck Batman." It's like, okay, now really? Robin's an angsty, pissed off. No, little... I actually have not seen the trailer. All I've seen is And so, is yeah, it has a lot of the, the Titans. Ro- it I've has, seen... like, Raven, and but they're all, huh. like, older. They're not, like, the Teen Titans, you know? 
It looks. Does it look bad? It looks pretty dumb. Is it is it a normal WB TV show like? Well, no, era well, in and... that style, yeah. But it's now uh, I forget where it's going to be doing its thing. It's on some streaming service. I'll just say Hulu as an educated guess. Okay, but yeah, it's well, the, the reins are off. It's TVMA, and I'm just like, it looks pretty bad. Uh, it, hmm, I don't know about that. What? It's it, just making them. I don't know. You, the Teen Titans has been so successful. Uh, it almost seems like why why mess with that and then make a f- adult rated Titans. Yeah. It, but but right now they're just trying to figure out where their their safe spot is, and so they're just going to push this one a little bit to the sure more adult edge of it and see if it works. That was something that came out of a SDCC. See, I haven't seen that. All I've seen was previous to the Comic Con to San Diego Comic Con. I saw just a picture of Robin in his suit, and I kind of I just. Personally, I thought his suit was cool, but I didn't like the person who was playing him. He I, looks he just not doesn't look right to me. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't look like the person that I want to play. That yeah, I, I don't, don't know when it whenever it comes to fruition, I'm just probably looks like a a hard pass for me. Yeah, but back on to the movies tip, we mentioned Jared Leto. Uh huh. He was the last thing we saw of Joker. What's he up to now? We came across a story with him. Yeah, so Jared Leto, I guess, is moving over to uh, Sony to play Morbius. I swear I know that name, but I couldn't tell you where yeah. or how. I don't know much of it's anything like a about day him. Day Street Wizard or something. <laughs> he's uh, he basically plays David Blaine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's he's a a vampire rocker. Sure. Which is sure he is. So he's basically playing his thirty. Seconds to Mars. Self. Uh, self, yeah. yeah. So I don't know much about that, but I just thought that was an interesting move to Morbius. take him out of the Joker position and put Joaquin Phoenix in, which I'm happy with because yeah, no I did not... No for more Jared Leto. Nobody's asking for more Jared Leto. Not his fault necessarily. Even Jared Leto is not asking for more Jared Leto. As the Joker. <laughs> as the Joker, yeah. Yeah. But so I'm happy with that move. Um, it's kind of hard for them to kind of keep it racing Mm-hmm. things that they've done and saying, <laughs> just forget that part. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm fine with it because I was done with him after, after Suicide Squad. So, and I think Jared Leto is a good actor. I really do. If he's in the right part. And I, and, and I, I'm sorry, a vampire who's in a rock band, I think is a pretty good part for him. That almost sounds like a page out of the Lost Boys. Wasn't one of the Lost Boys a, a vampire rocker? I, I they look like they, they could have they all they could have had like their it. own band I don't for know sure. if any of them were actually in a Called band. Called like Midnight Haven or something like that. That'd be a sweet vampire rock that band name. That would be a sweet vampire rock name. I like it. It's, we also need to come up with a name for a children's geography media franchise. <laughs> How about Vampire Haven? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right cool. on. Uh, put the two together. What a hybrid. And that's pretty much it for our movie news discussion but there is one thing i do want to mention before we get into our topic of the week yeah to do the ant-man and wasp spoiler review um have you seen nathan fillion's uncharted like 15 minute uncharted short it was it was definitely like medium little budget oh yeah there was nothing special in there there was not much action but it did seem in a very charming way like nathan drake Yes, and I really enjoyed that. So I, I guess the story is that he's been trying to, you know, all throughout the internet, trying to get people to get on board with him being Nathan Drake. Yeah, he's been lobbying. Yeah, and then Tom Holland recently was announced that he was going to play Nathan Drake as like a young Nathan Drake, 
um, in whatever. I don't know when that new Uncharted movie is going to even start filming. Oh. Because I, I think these are more concepts at this rate. But, but he's signed on. I just don't know when he's going to have the time to do do that. But anyway, that's out there. And I think Nathan Fillion kind of got to the point where he was like, you know, I just I want to right play now. him yeah. so bad. I'm just going to front some money, and we're just going to make a 15 minute short just to show everybody, like, hey, this is fun, and I could do this. And I don't think it's because he wants to take away from Tom Holland. I think I think I read some quotes and he was like, "No, I I'm happy. I think that's great that that's happening, and I think it's a good direction." And he's like, "I just want to see something happening," and I just couldn't wait any longer, and so I just decided to make one myself. Nothing. And so I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I got no problem with that. I, I think Nathan Fillion is like, he's like the guy that we all just want to be friends with. Yeah, especially if you're into this stuff for sure. Yeah. So he, he's been there, done that, and has the money to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of my favorite actors just because he's always somewhere in the geek realm and he does it well and he's funny. I agree. All right. Well, anyway, if you uh, haven't seen the Nathan Fillion's uncharted short, check it out. You can just YouTube it. You can. Let's move on. This is going to be our topic of the week. This time we are focusing in on Marvel's latest Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is a spoiler review. So listen to this fun little music and then we're going to come out and talk about it. Okay. 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 entertaining enjoyable but not really necessary that's how i would kind of sum up this movie that's actually quite accurate yeah all right guys well that's been our review (laughs) so that's kind of like my bullet points of course there's more fine details in between the headlines but i actually agree with you and i i feel like this one felt more like a marvel movie than the last ant-man yes because the last Ant-Man was it was like two-part comedy, one-part action hero movie. And this one I feel like is the other way around. It's like two parts hero action, one part comedy. Yeah. And I, so it felt I, I would, a little bit it felt a little bit more in the line of what we'd expect from a geeky superhero movie. But it's It's almost a bummer we didn't get to talk about it sooner because at the time uh, we saw it two weeks ago, just about. Mm-hmm. And I've already kind of forgot some about it. Yeah. And I think that's just not an indictment or a condemnation on it, but just kind of a statement of the fact that it was just like, eh, it was, it was yeah. largely forgettable. I think, and I think a lot of people would agree with me here, one of the things that probably got it the business that it did, because it was, you know, a, a mild success. I is, mean, it, it's basically the one of the least successful as far as the amount of money it takes yes. in for Marvel, but... It still did what it should have. It, it, it did what they expected, yes. But I think what this movie had the benefit that the previous one did not is now this movie comes out in the wake of Infinity War, so people want to see, even if only for an Easter egg or a split second, how does this factor into the events of, and of course they do address that. And they do. Albeit for like 10 seconds. Right. But I knew that part was coming, and I think that's why a lot of people probably like, well, I got to find out what happens to Ant-Man. That's very true. I didn't even think about that. I did not think... Did we see Michelle Pfeiffer in the first movie? No, she wasn't there at all, I don't think. Yeah, but she's obviously in the second one as uh, the original Wasp and uh, the original yeah. Ant-Man. I Hank do Pim's like that. wife. And- yeah, because I was going to say, I don't remember them being exactly that way in the comics, but it makes sense in this movie, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because it was Hank and Janet, 
in the the original Avengers back in the, the like the original comics, mm-hmm. and now it's Scott and Hope. Mm-hmm. I like that though. It's like you've generationally passed on your tech and trust to these people. And it also makes it so that they don't have to explain the origin of the tech. Yes. They can kind of just say, no, the tech has been there. We've been using this for years. You know, and that's nice because it allowed for a more character-driven story, origin story, in the first Ant-Man. Whose tech would you roll with, Stark Industries or Pym Particles? Stark. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, you know, speaking of... Um, Janet, Janet, what was her name? Van Dyne. Van Dyne. I I feel like there was a little bit of a misstep or opportunity lost here because I wasn't too happy with the ghost character. Very the, vanilla character. And you know what? She wasn't bad. She was presented no, as the bad guy. She wanted to live. Does she, that make she her wanted ba- to live, but she was willing to kill other people for it. And that's what makes her bad. I guess. But she's also been kind of going crazy with the fact that these uh, I don't know what was I don't remember what yeah, was making remember. her phase in and out. She but got I, hit by a mysterious science laser, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I feel like so when when the commercials first came out, I thought before they had revealed it, who it was, I thought it was going to be Janet, and I thought oh, okay. I thought it would make you. so much sense because if she went into the what do you call it? The, I was going to ask you what you call it that that like. The vo- vortex, the void, the vo- yeah, I Whatever. can't remember. But yeah, they've it, said it like a hundred times. I know, and I can't remember. I can't remember. But either. we saw a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But if she went in there and lived in that really small micro universe for a while, it was like thirty some odd and years. And somehow they said. found her way out. You know, it would have changed her, right? And so in my head, I was like, oh, that explains this character being able to face. Would have been heightened drama between the characters too, yeah, and, like, and they could have not said who it was for most of it. As they're trying to go rescue her, they don't realize that the person who's trying to stop oh, them okay. is her, right? I like that point of view. And it would have been like a good reveal at the end. Um, it does seem, now that I'm hearing you say that and I'm thinking about like the implications of that, um, does kind of seem like a missed opportunity. Yeah, and because it made it, it would have added more weight to, to the movie and more consequences to what Hank Pym had, has, has done in his technology. Here's a question. Yeah. Through the events of this movie and the first one, uh-huh. are they framing Hank to be kind of a bad guy? He like kind of screwed over a lot of people, and he's just like, no, they're jealous, or no, they're bitter, or he was crazy. But like, he discounts Hope. No, not Hope. The ghost girl character. I can't remember her actual name, but it was ghost yeah. because of her father that she got shrunk right. into this. Not shrunk, but transformed into this. You know, character who could you know bend reality, so right. to speak. So, but he wrote off her father as like, oh, he was going to steal a tech. He was crazy. Lawrence Fishburne was angry with him. And he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, he was jealous of me. He screwed over some people in the first movie too. I kind of feel like he's a villain. I, I feel like he's a flawed human being with good intentions. Yeah. I just wouldn't want to do business with him based on how he's presented in this movie. I agree. And the previous one. But that aside. But I, it does add depth to his character. Yeah. And I will say... I'm glad he had more time in this movie. He did get some more screen time for sure. I like the little family dynamic they had. The the trio I thought was really good. Yeah. The humor was a great part of this movie. I hear what you're saying about maybe they should have made Janet Van Dyne, you know, all distorted and 30 years later and jacked up um, being the ghost character. But at the same time, I thought it made sense 
right from the beginning, they tell you kind of what the mission is in this movie. Like right from the beginning, before the credits even roll, they you know they show them thirty yeah. years ago, like trying to you know denuke basically a bomb, and then she gets caught in that void, and they say, "I think we can get her." It's kind of like it's a ghost in the machine. Let's go get her. I did like that. It made their mission statement very clear. I didn't think this movie needed to be as long as it was. Did it feel like it dragged on to you at all? I didn't feel like it dragged on, but it was it's, too long for it me. It is a slower movie mm-hmm. compared to what we were are used to it from Marvel. Yes. Um which, no ensemble. I will say though, yeah, no no ensemble and it was a tight knit story. Yeah. And story I, was I will solid. say it's sort of nice to go from something like Infinity War, which is a huge world ending universe ending big deal. Yeah. That involves other planets and and you know a completely unstoppable force of a bad guy, and I like th- that Ant Man is sort of a breath of fresh air it's in the lighter, Marvel universe. For sure. It's right? like a little brevity. Yeah, it's it's more comedy, more kid friendly. Um, it it shows you that not everything that Marvel does needs to be as big as something like Infinity War, but there is a place for something like Infinity War. Every once in a while. Would you say this movie is big and as uh, high stakes as Infinity War was and will continue to be, I'm sure, in the sequel? Would you say this being on the lighter side of things brings perfect balance? <laughs> no. That's a Thanos joke. Yeah, not in that way. Oh, okay. I like how nobody could see you, but you snapped your fingers as you said that. So. I've been just doing that like a lot lately. You, every time you get mad, you just start snapping your finger, like, and you're like, "God, I just wish you would disappear." Yeah, bring perfect balance. <laughs> what did you think of? I had to look up his name, Walter Goggins' character. I like the, him. kind of the gangster character. He who, was the baddie in uh, Tomb Raider, for instance, and he was, and he's also in Walking Dead. No, he's not. <laughs> okay, my bad. But he was in the next Karate Kid, starring Hillary. Duff or Swank? I I don't know. One of the Hillary's. I I don't know why I thought he was in Walking Dead. He kind of has that Southern drawl, and he's great. I I really enjoy him. Yeah, me too. He was even great in a not-so-great movie back already like eight years ago. Remember Predators, when they go to the Predator's home planet? Have you seen that? Yeah. No, that was not good. He wasn't that. No, I'm saying no, it wasn't good. No, and nor will this new I'm agreeing with you. It was not good. And nor will this new one, but that's aside. Yeah. I actually liked him. I thought he was... He added a little dastardliness because Ghost wasn't dastardly and wasn't out to screw people. She just wanted to a, stay alive. It was a different motivation. Yeah, he was like a, a sideways arms dealer, basically. Yeah. And I and I liked a little bit of a whatever that southern twist is yeah. that he was adding, like a Cajun style, I, I, a draw. I would say <clears throat> he was he was likable. He was charismatic as a bad guy. I don't think that he would be good. As the only bad guy, but I think he was a good he was complimentary. A yeah. Yes, he was Agreed. a good complimentary villain to Ghost. So I thought, you know, I just wanted to. The action scenes were pretty right on in this movie. Yeah, I really just like the the dynamics of uh, how they really in this movie utilized his size difference and how it could just switch on a dime and yeah. shrinking things down, blowing things up, sh- switching themselves. I thought that was cool. Boy, did you want to buy a Hyundai after this movie too? Did you notice <laughs> all the freaking blatant like everyone drives I, a I Hyundai? I actually did. Yeah, yeah I did it was a that. little brutal at times. I'm like, geez, Louise, guys, subtlety much? Yeah, well, you I, know, speaking of Hyundai, you know who Hyundai oh, always uh, sponsored? 
was Walking Dead. You're not wrong. Yeah, they always had Starring very Walter nice, clean Hyundai's. Oh, they totally in did. Even in this post-apocalyptic zombie Georgia? universe, it's like yeah. this doesn't make any sense. You're, you're it was right. so obvious in that show. Yeah, they were a little heavy-handed, but <laughs> whatever. Product placement's a real thing, and if you're surprised yeah, now, then it makes you're money. not watching big-budget movies, are you? But I agree. I, you know, I think that's one of the things that made this feel like it was more of a comic book movie was the unique action sequences that included. Um, cause in the first one, the unique action sequences were them fighting in a suitcase and them fighting on like a little train, train track, thing. Yeah. Right. And so it, there wasn't too much they could do with the fact that the guy shrinks and the villain shrinks in the same way. But in this one, they had Evangeline Lilly, who, by the way, I love her style of action because she's, She's obviously more trained, like as a character, she's more trained in this movie completely than than Paul Rudd's character because, you know, the Ant Man basically just bumbles around and gets lucky once in a while, whereas Evangeline Lilly has skill, and that I actually do like that. You can see you the can contrast. See that contrast yeah. exactly. But between the two of them, they got it done exactly, and I yeah. and I, I so they they between that between Evangeline Lilly's wings. And her um, like shooter thing, yeah, that she can make things blow up or shrink all yeah. of a sudden, and the car chase scene where she does that, does that with the car. I think what they did is they took the concept and they threw it into everything, and it allowed them to be very creative with the action sequences. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think that I think that's what made it more unique of a film than the first one. I agree. Yeah, I can't remember much else. I don't know if there really is much else. I remember when we were talking about. Um, Infinity War, a few months back, I thought for sure, um, based on just some uh, some dialogue from that movie, that Hawkeye would show up and maybe lend a hand or make an appearance in this, and he didn't. And I was kind of like... true. Oh. I Because they said, oh, he's with yeah. Scott or, or after that, or he's on house arrest with Scott or something that. like that. Um, they did do a lot. You're like, okay, we get it. He's on house arrest. And then the interactions with the agent, it was like funny the first few times, and then it felt like they were being that a little too hard. Yeah, I, I liked that the, the guy who plays this, the agent. Yeah, well, I, I don't remember his name, but I, he's I've a seen, funny actor. We've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He's off um, from that show, Fresh Off the Boat. He was Kim Jong Un in the interview. You yeah. know his face. I think it's like Randall Park. I want to say his name. I don't, I don't, I don't know him beyond his roles, but he seems like a very serviceable guy. Uh, Michael Pena was funnier. Yes, and especially when he gets injected with a uh, truth serum. That was, yeah. that was a good scene. See, I'm not a big fan of him as an actor. No, no, not really. And but I think it worked that he just... always plays a similar character. But in this one, it worked. Yeah, I agree. So, Dude, if you ever want to see him get hood, uh, check out End of Watch. That movie with I've him and Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. It's he, on Netflix. Does he get all... Yeah, he's, he gets very gangster it's, in that? It's LAPD down and dirty. Uh-huh. He That one was like, oh, okay, dude's got some range. Just a, an aside. So speaking of the just actors and characters, I, I did notice... There, you know, there's a, a love thing between Ant Man and the Wasp, right? Yeah, and you, yeah, you're right. It's forming. What I like about this movie, and and that this has a lot to say about the the actors that played the characters, they didn't have to hit you over the head with it. Yeah, but you felt that there was something there. Like it, it was more of a feeling, and just little bits of uh, the way that they looked at each other, or something like that, that you could feel there was something there, but that they were torn apart by this. The whole situation with him getting caught and and yeah, um, you kind of why do you use our tech even though we told you not to? Yeah, I and, agree. And so there was some trust was a, lost a, a theme, and I like that. I I thought it was nice that they didn't 
force a love story, but they just hinted at it yes. very subtly, and I think it worked really well. So, if I may, yeah, let's fast forward to the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Scott is in that nether zone. The again, we can't recall the name, but if you watch the movie, you'll hear it five hundred times. And now Janet, Hank, and Hope are vanished, assumedly, in right. the Soul Stone. How are they going to pull him out? And how is he going to contribute to the conquering hero's conquest of uh, Infinity War Part Two? I don't know. I, that's going to be interesting. I, I really don't know. What if he just stays in the whole movie? And he's like in that ambiotic state, almost like just like floating, like he's in the womb. You know, what if he's just like, okay, well, just someone pull me out when this whole thing's over. I'd rather be there than on Earth when, you know, Thanos <laughs> snaps his finger. Well, Earth will go on like kind of regular. Because it, it once he snaps his finger and half the people die. But the die, whole world's in chaos. Remember how like when they show uh, Nick Fury right before he goes, right? Like, there's building, the there, helicopters are crashing. There like, is everything that just initial chaos, off. but well, it's, sure, there'll be a recovery effort. You 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 know you still have four billion people. Is he in gonna the have world? to snap his fingers like every like five million years just to you know once know. Earth repopulates? I can't wait until Infinity War eighty seven. <laughs> <He's> like, <"Okay." laughs> to see what he does in five million years. Yeah, it'd be worth it. And he just like his. He's just like fishing off of a dock or something, and he's just enjoying life. And he all of a sudden, fish, all of a like, sudden, his like watch alarm goes off, and he's like beep 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 beep, beep and he looks at <laughs> it and he goes, "Oh, has it been five million years? <laughs> I guess I should snap my fingers again." Ah, <laughs> oh, it's gotta suck for him though, knowing that he's got the Infinity Gauntlet completely outfitted, and if he can never listen to a really good song, <laughs> <laughs> imagine hmm, this is a good tune. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he and then he disappears. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just erases all life because he found a good song and starts uh, snapping his finger <laughs> poor guy that's what it that's, really did cost him everything when he says it he meant it hey the you know the the strife in life is real for nice. thanos good, okay good rhyme the strife in life yeah i like that anyways i am i was entertained by this movie don't need to see it a second time yeah it was just it was a little a little more enjoyable for me than the first one and i would say largely due to the action uh C plus, I would give it. It was yeah. the high end of average. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, you know, I think that this was, uh, it was a good movie. I was entertained by it. I liked the humor. I liked the action. But I also don't think that it was anywhere near as successful as something like Deadpool or Guardians, right? Where they and you try see to that the, the first two. one wasn't anything. People like I can't wait. But he's he's just a complimentary character. He very really compliment. I mean, he's very much a side character. And so it's hard when you give a side character their own thing and expect people to show up in in masses. I'd say the one outlier to that is Black Panther. You know. Right, yeah. Because the way he's true. been presented is he is complimentary. He is a side piece to the greater Avengers story. And yet just the curiosity factor and the coolness factor and the uncharted territory factor really brought people out. Um, obviously, it was a huge box office. Says, this thing's not even sniffing those numbers. No, and you wouldn't expect it to. So, still a successful movie. And I think, in, and and that's exactly right. I think Disney and Marvel are recognizing this that we don't need to make this movie. It, this movie is not about making a whole bunch of money because it's really not. And they could easily take whatever money they put into this and put it into the next big, uh, you know infinity war type movie right but they kind of recognize that they don't want to just be one trick ponies yeah and i appreciate that and this movie did seem like i mean there, there was more to it than that but it was largely an excuse to show wasp suited up 
and which was the highlight of the film. I she, agree. Evangeline Lilly's character was way more of a highlight than Paul Rudd, which is hard to say because Paul Rudd is the star. But here, I think she took it away. And so if I were to give it a rating, I would agree with you right right there in that like middle range. I would say probably a C plus, like yeah. at the very high end of, what is that, like a 78? Yeah. Right? If yeah, you were to go right. by school grades. I would put it somewhere right in there where I wasn't, I was happy with it, but I wasn't ecstatic and there's nothing memorable about it. Fair, I, very much so. One thing I did like though, um, that I forgot to mention, I did like the setting of San Francisco. Oh, yeah, Living right near fun. San Francisco, it was really nice to see, oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. And I think that added a little bit more in my likability to it. Yeah. We would love to hear what you guys thought. So uh, please yeah. reach out to us anytime and let us know your thoughts. And we'd be happy to uh, reflect on those on maybe the next podcast. Yeah. Not only what did you think, but what did you think of what we thought? Yeah. As we're winding down, we're about to get on out. But before we do that, it's time for this episode's Shadow of the Synopsis. Oh, wait. Should I turn up your... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, all right. It it's time for this week's Shadow, Shadow of the Synopsis. Synopsis. You know what would be cool if we had Shadow of the Parsnip Synopsis? <laughs> like, I don't think that would be a cool. A Parsnip Synopsis? Like, how did they come to be and what's their story? Are you ready? <clears throat> oh, yeah, I'm totally ready. Okay, you know the score at home, right? Yeah, of course you do. It's something from a TV show, a movie, a game, a comic, and Brandon's got to figure it out based on this description. All right. Hope you're ready. A group of teenagers who refer to themselves... I don't know why I'm talking that way. A group of teenagers who <laughs> refer to themselves as the Midnight Society meet weekly in a secret location in the woods at night, one member at a time telling a scary story to the group. And in famous words, before the beginning of each story... The storyteller would say, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story, and then whatever the name of that story was. So let's summarize. Teenagers, Campfires, Midnight Society, Midnight Dust. There you go. Okay. That is the most segmented. Um, You're going to have to deal with it. This one, But once you said Midnight Society, I knew exactly what it was. Oh, really? Yeah. This is Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's correct. Ding, ding, ding. As Thank you for all three dings. Yeah, you deserve them. You deserve a three-dinger. Yeah, no, I used As to famous love this. by what network? As made famous by what network? It was, was it not Nickelodeon? What's not Nickelodeon? No, was I'm asking. Was it Nickelodeon? Then why'd you say, was it not Nickelodeon? Because I thought that was... It is Nickelodeon. Okay. Do you remember what Saturday night f- uh, thing it was on? Remember... What, uh, what they call Saturday Night Nickelodeon? Nick at Night. Snick. Oh. Yeah, remember Snick? Yeah, I do. Awesome nostalgia. You know, was, I, I didn't know if you were going to get there or not, because it's not like we talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark mm-hmm. up until now. I figured you would, but if not, I had a, a second chance Shadow of the Synopsis ready, so I'll hold on to that for another yeah, time. Okay. We are successful. Good job with that. Thank you. And now it's time for our awesome quote in geek history. This week, Brandon's picking it. Yeah, so... so it's probably going to be... Pretty shitty. I recently watched The Goonies. What was the context? Well, the context was uh, my girlfriend's work every once in a while does a movie night. Oh, fun. And she was able to pick the movie. The Hell last yeah. movie we watched was, was it The Meaning of Life? Oh, uh, The Monty Python? Yeah. And it was 
not great. Yeah, like, like it's not one of their do, best. They do a lot of good stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love the Holy Grail. I can think of five movies or but, five skits uh, I like better. It than was that. it was so weird, and and there was a couple funny parts, but the rest of it was disturbing. And you're just like, why am I watching this? And all the old people in the room were like cracking up. Oh my gosh! All the young people generation. were like looking at each other and were like, this is stupid. Anyway, so this time it was this is not stupid. It was my girlfriend's turn to pick a movie, and she picked The Goonies. And to my surprise, nobody else in the room has seen the movie the hell where does she work at a center for the blind <laughs> apparently at the center Shit. of the don't watch cool movies yeah come on so i i picked this one uh one scene because i it's just one of those that i, I think is quotable sheriff look this time i'm telling you the truth i'm locked inside the Vitelli's basement with this guy <laughs> rocky road <laughs> <laughs> it's short and sweet just like Rocky, like a Rocky Road. Road. Yeah, yeah. Best, one of the best scenes from that movie, for sure. Horrible ice cream flavor in real life for me. Not a big Rocky Road fan. I don't like walnuts. Y- yeah, that walnuts kind of is the deal breaker. make my mouth numb. You might be allergic. I Maybe am allergic. Whole... Oh, well, no kidding. Yeah, so I don't like it. So therefore, <laughs> fun story, John Matuzak, who played uh, Sloth, uh, has since passed away, been gone for a while, uh, NFL lineman. He actually played uh, for the Raiders. He's a big dude. Huge dude. And I forget his real life name, but the guy who played uh, Chunk, uh, he's an entertainment lawyer nowadays. Really? Yeah. And he's I, not he fat done, at all. Has he done much sense as far as movies? I don't. I wouldn't imagine. But, but an entertainment lawyer. He's what doing an this interesting thing in real take. life. Yeah. And who better? Right. Cool. He probably got money for doing that. <laughs> I'm sure. Good for him, and good for us, and good, good for, for you, you guys yeah. as listeners. How have we not quoted the or? used a quote from the Goonies yet. Maybe we have. I, I don't think a, we have, and that's why I, it's it a little was an obvious choice almost 60 yeah. episodes in. All right, I think that's a wrap for this episode, episode 59 Put of a bow on Random it. Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. Please feel free to reach out to us. As I mentioned earlier, you guys can email us or tweet us. We got at Random Fandom WB is our Twitter. Yep. And then randomfandomcast at gmail.com is our email. Let us know your thoughts on... Ant-Man and Wasp, and um, let us know your thoughts on what you want us to talk about next. Yeah, we're always looking for for interaction. And if you want to just check out what we've been doing the last two plus years, anywhere you listen to us, check out our archive. We are archivable. Yeah, I mean, 59 episodes in. Not bad. Not bad. Let's make it to 60. That's a promise. Yeah, and then we'll retire. <laughs> That's retirement Podcast age. champions of Sonoma County. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a fan of our fandom. And stay geeky.